Welcome to the Undeletable Dad podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Poisner, and this is the place you want to be if you're a divorced or separated man with one or more children, and you've discovered that nothing works the way it used to, or the way it's supposed to, or the way you wish it would. It's the place to be to learn to strike the exacting tone of fatherhood, to become the magnetic leader that your children will naturally turn towards, and to find out that parenting can be way less work than however you're doing it now. It's the place to hang out if you want to get off the hamster wheel of survival mode, just putting out fires one after the other, and step onto that pedestal of fatherhood where you belong. My guest, Stéphane Jutra, is the host of the Divorced Dad Diaries podcast, which I suggest you check out if you haven't listened already. I had the pleasure of interviewing Stéphane a few years ago for my Essential Stepmom podcast, and I reached out again recently to reconnect. Stéphane is the full-time dad of two teenagers, and he talked with me about how that came to be, having started with a 50-50 arrangement, and about some strange attitudes he's encountered around being a dad with 100% custody. Here he is. Hi, Stefan. Hello. <laughs> we just said hello a minute ago, but I we know. can say hi again. It, <laughs> just for it's our, really, yeah. really good to talk to you. It's been a little while last time we spoke, so... I know, I bet it's two of, years. Uh, I bet it's at least two years since we've spoken. Yeah, yeah, I, it would make sense because that's about like when I started as well. So, I mean, yeah. like I said, we were the kind of the first ones there, so... And your podcast, The Divorced Dad Diaries, is... Mm-hmm. It was, it was like one of the first things uh, on the block for for divorced dads. And that was kind of how we connected because I, I said, oh my gosh, there it is, Divorced Dad's Diaries, like... <laughs> perfect title i wasn't sure at first but it kind of grew on me and at the end i was like you know what that was actually uh yeah i'm happy with uh, with that and uh yeah that's the name and the podcast now but one thing that i really wanted to get you to talk about and i think we've talked about this before but you did such a lovely interview with your daughter mm-hmm. and i just wanted to talk about like your kids because they're um they're open to talking about their experience of divorce and and um just like i I just think it's so important for parents to get that insight of like hearing what kids have to say and Mm -hmm. i so first of all like you have a you have a son and a daughter and i think your son actually came to live with you at some point yes exactly so at first there was uh as a lot of time was 50 50 but after after a little while he came to live with me uh, so he's been with me full time now it's been probably like three years four years yeah how old was he when when he first came to live with uh, you? i would say 12 around 12 okay yeah yeah so yeah uh, and so then your daughter sorry go ahead. my daughter no i was saying my daughter yeah my daughter is, is uh 19 now she's turning 20 and I would say she's also full-time with me, but uh, the difference the past two years is she has a boyfriend now. So we, yeah. I kind of sharing her, t- my, her time with the boyfriend and, at my house. And he so. lives not far from you, as I remember. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. He's just around the corner here. So so that's another reason why. Uh, uh, but yeah, I would say the past, uh, probably the past two years, both kids uh, living here for uh, full-time. So, so yeah. that's, a, you know, that's really special. 
I mean, mm -hmm. we have it here too. Huh? My husband's kids live with us, although the the older boy has been out of the house for some time because he's at university. Yeah. But we have his daughter with us, and it you know it's a it's a wonderful thing. And so you yeah. and I are the sort of the lucky people who are helping other people to say like, you know, how did we get this outcome, right? Like, how did this happen? Yeah, it's it's not easy, and uh, and obviously, I don't know. I won't talk for like every father and mother, but I think the first, you know, when you go through a separation or divorce, the first thing you think about are usually the kids, and also I know for myself, if I could have had them hundred percent straight off the bat, I would. But uh, I understood that. I think I still think that you know the kids should be able to see the mom, and the fifty percent should still work. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and and benefits role for the kids as well. But uh, for my on my side, the difference was uh, there was a lot. It was high conflict, and I guess at some point too. Uh, because of that, I think it ended up being that the rather stayed with me mm -hmm. and, um, uh, that's how, that's how it happened. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen often. And I talk often about the struggle that happened at that point too, and having hundred percent custody. And secondly, as well, I think being a dad uh, also adds to it, uh, still to this day, I mean, it's getting better. And even the people, I, you know, there's people that send me email and we have discussions, it's getting a bit better, but there's still that kind of stereotype that uh, uh, basically if the kids stay 100% with someone, it should be with the mom that, you know, and that's how it should be. It's what people expect, right? Yes. Um, so, it's totally like they, people think if you're a dad and you have your kids all the time, it's can only be that the mother is dead or something like that's it. it and, and. I always, I always quote that, uh, that thing that really got to me is when my kids, it was the first year, I think that he, he lived full time with me and, uh, he was at school and basically doing a project, one of his good friend. And all of a sudden he's doing this project. And, uh, at night he comes home and he tells me, uh, you know, I'm not doing my project with my friend. And I was like, why did that happen? And he said, well, I guess his mom, uh, my friend, his friend's mom, was going through a divorce and she was scared that she learned that he was living with me oh. and she was scared that basically his uh, her son would basically uh, want the same thing so she didn't want him to talk to him and, no and do any work way yeah wow and, and that's the first time really that i kind of I, I mean like i said i've gone through the whole process and i know it's a bit challenging being a being a dad through that with the kids, but that was really one example that I, I couldn't even believe it. Okay. It was, that's uh, one I have not heard before. That yeah. is, wow. That's really something. She and did even want yeah, email the teacher to like that. It would rub mm -hmm. off on her son or something somehow like, yeah, exactly. And it was the strangest thing. And, and my mind was like, if, you know, if you, if you think that this would change your kid's mind, I think that's a problem, bigger yeah. problem than this, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not scared that my kids want to live somewhere else or do whatever because of other kids. So it was an interesting story, I have to say. And I even emailed the teacher and, and, and just because, not because of the whole thing, but I was just saying it's not fair for my, my son because the project was due. And anyways, okay. it was this big thing. But um, yeah, I, I was surprised. It's, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit uh, even wow. more at that time. So, wow. Mm -hmm. So, um, just without, you know, I don't obviously want any you know, too personal details, but, um, when I guess it was your son who decided that he really wanted to be with you more of the time. And I think 
because I've heard you talk about it before, I think he was just, mm -hmm. he was in some conflict with his mother that was yes. ongoing and they just couldn't resolve it. And he preferred to be with you, but did it cause a lot of like a lot more tension with the mom oh, yeah. and yourself? Yes, for sure. And, and uh, I mean, at the time, like, like I was mentioning, when we talk about agreement and everything, I was all in to be 50% because I mm -hmm. thought, you know, I, it was fair for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I knew there was conflict, uh, already conflicts between him and, and, and his mother. And when he said he wanted to come full time, uh, I didn't want to force him. And that's the thing. Some people say, you know, you should force the kid or they don't have a say into it. But he was adamant to stay with me. And, and in my view, I, I sat down with, with, uh, with his mother and just, you know, talk about it and say, listen, he wants to be full time with me, but you know, whenever he wants to go and that's it, the rules were really flexible on my mm -hmm. side was, you know what, whenever he wants to go and, and to be honest with you. And I, I told that my, to my kids, recent to my son recently is like, I really thought it was a, just kind of, he would stay with me for maybe a week or two because uh -huh. it was really, when he was younger, he was always after his mom. And, and I thought it was kind of a phase and I'm so well, after two weeks, he'll miss her too much or whatever. He'll go back. So in my mind was like, I'm, I'm happy and no problem, but I thought that that would happen, but it wasn't the case. And he was happy here. And, and I told, I told his mom, I said, you know what? I don't, whatever, I, I'm not putting any rules. We can obviously call anytime. If he wants to go see you, if he wants to go sleep over, if he wants to spend a weekend, if he wants to spend a week, it's fine with me as long as it's not. And that's one thing I warned him and, and her too, as long as it's, it's not like if he doesn't like what's happening there, he goes a day there and right. after he doesn't like, he comes back. So I didn't want to, to kind of ping pong thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's, that was important. that's, that's not, that's not good. Huh? When the kids no. can, um, like you have a fight with dad and you go to mom's house and right? exactly. a lot of people are stuck with that. Exactly. But, and... um, what I remember, so your daughter was going back and forth, huh? Yes, my daughter was going back and forth. And um, I mean, she loves her mother and my son loves her mother, his mother too. But I think at the time uh, when my son decided to stay with me, she kind of felt bad. Mm. And even though I think that she would have loved to come here for similar reasons and might have been quieter for her and everything else, uh, she couldn't do it and she felt bad. And mm. that's why she kept doing the 50-50. And um, the thing that we don't often think is... Obviously, uh, I mean, she was doing the 50-50 and I, it was, that was tough for her already, but my son not staying with me was even tougher because it would put pressure on her because when she was going to see her mom, well, all she talked about was, you know, my son and, and how, how it was here. So, so oh, yeah, yeah, she was, uh, and she mentioned that uh, many times that she was kind of stuck there and a bit has a confident uh, early, which it's a lot of pressure for a kid, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, what uh, I remember from your interview with her that really stood out for me was, um, and, and this is kind of a really interesting point that I hadn't considered before, and I hadn't heard anybody talk about it before, but when you were just saying like, from my side, it could be very open and he can go whenever he wants to see you, you know, and I think she felt the same uh, freedom in a way that she could, you know, come to you or be with her mom or whatever but in the interview with you with with you she said that she couldn't wait to have her own apartment and it wasn't because she wanted to get away from her parents it was because she was so tired of choosing 
She said, like every moment I'm choosing, and I know that there's some consequence, there's a repercussion to that choice. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, that was the thing that really made sad, make me sad when she mentioned that, because I'm like, I mean, my son, uh, I guess it took a lot of courage to do what he did and to just want to stay with me because again, he loves his mother, of course. And, uh, but he started thinking, he started putting himself a bit before, I guess, this whole thing and the divorce and everything else, which at the end of the day, you know, for me, as long as he's happy, I always said, like, if, if he would have told me, listen, I want to live with your mother full time, I would have been very sad. Uh, I would have tried everything I could for him to come see me. But if that's really what he wanted, I would have said, you know what, I want you to be happy. And, and that's the thing. So my daughter was kind of stuck because, yeah, she, like I said, she was going back and forth still because she felt bad and, and with the divorce and, and, and her mom and what was happening. And uh, you're right. She didn't want it because I, we had many discussions about it and said, well, you can come here more. If she didn't want to have to choose. And right. um, at the time, the only option was that's what, when she came back, she's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to go rent an apartment. So that yeah, way that's... you guys can come over to my place. I don't have to choose where I live and, and yeah. I won't feel bad because it's my apartment. Right. I remember it hit me like a thunderbolt when I heard her say, I hate having to choose. I just went back and listened to this episode again of Stéphane interviewing his daughter. She actually says, I feel guilty making any kind of choice. It still hurts me. I think it's easy for us to forget that there are some kids who are just really sensitive to the idea that they're hurting somebody's feelings. And when we give them the freedom to choose, we're really just giving them the burden of making this kind of painful decision over and over. Later on in that podcast, she says, I'm done making choices. It took a lot out of me. I think what that means is that it's so hard for a child to get what they really want. They're either giving up what they want to please a parent or they're doing what they want and then having to feel guilty about it. And then we wonder why our kids are acting out, right? What a pressure cooker to have to live in. I hope you'll have a listen to these interviews that Stefan did with his kids because you'll get some insight into what it's like for kids in all different kinds of scenarios. I'll put the links in the show notes if you want to check those out. There are definitely no cookie cutter solutions for how to move through the teen years after divorce. There are so many variables. Some kids need to be encouraged to work out their difficult dynamics with a parent as they become teenagers. And other kids genuinely do better when they don't have to deal with that ongoing tension on a daily basis. At least when you have more ways of looking at the problem, you have a better chance of finding the best solution. I'll be back next time with the rest of this interview with Stefan. Meanwhile, go check out thedivorcedaddiaries.com and you'll find all the available episodes there. You can reach me anytime at tracy at undeletabledad.com. Thanks for listening. Your kids thank you too. Sorry for the long wait, but here's finally part two of my conversation with Stéphane Jutra, podcaster and full-time single dad of two teenage kids. In this part of our conversation, we get to dig into the dark underbelly 
of what you might think of as the holy grail, your child decides definitively that they want to live with you instead of with mom. It's not as straightforward as it looks, especially for the kid. Don't forget to check out Stefan's podcast, The Divorced Dad Diaries, for more insights on the single fatherhood journey. We'll jump right in where we left off last time, where Stefan's daughter had just told him how much she was longing for the day when she could have her own apartment and be freed from the weight of having to choose one parent's home over the other. I can tell you that my personal experience, or at least the one that I got to see play out in my family, was quite similar in that my stepson decided that he absolutely wanted to live with his dad when he was around 13, and his sister would have liked to have come as well, although in our case, she's the younger sibling while Stefan's daughter is the older one. But it was clear that this would have been a real drama for their mom, and so she stayed behind. And it was extremely difficult for her in different ways than what Stefan's daughter experienced. But of course, she couldn't confess it at the time. And it took six complicated years for her to let go of her identity as a good daughter and her perceived responsibility for her mom in order for her to be able to make the change that she really wanted to make for herself. These sibling relationships are at least as hard to manage in this post-divorce circumstance as anything that happens between parent and child. Like, why did my brother get to come and not me? And why did my dad support my brother more than he did me way back then? You know, it's so complex for them. And of course, we don't ever get to go back and just do it the other way around to see how it would have turned out. All I know is that the most important piece in resolving this kind of situation is to be sure that you are cutting shadow out of the equation. And I mean by that, that any action you take that is rooted in fear or insecurity is bound to blow up in your face, even if it takes years for that to happen. There's no other corner of your life besides this messed up parenting situation that's going to force you to examine your shadows and stab them in the heart. Your value to your children is priceless and permanent and it's inherent. It exists in you at this very moment and nobody can take it away. No one can ever convince a child that their father has nothing to offer them. They might say that they believe it on the outside, but you'll stay fused into their hearts, just waiting for the moment that they can act on how they really feel. And remember that while a court of law might force a man to accept more of his responsibility as a father, there's nothing in the world that can ever require you to be a less responsible father. That's the big lie, that this is even a question. It's not possible, and you don't have to entertain it for one second. Your ex or the family court system could make it inconvenient, expensive, time-consuming, exhausting, whatever. It doesn't matter because the result you want is not affected by any of that. All you have to do 
is to not choose to give up your power, to not allow it to be distorted by fear of failure or rejection. Your job is to say no to the distorted self-image that shadow will present you. To refuse to believe the voice that tells you that what others think or say about you is any kind of valid yardstick of your true value. Your job is to refuse to allow the lack of outward approval from your children to determine your next move. Your job is to animate the power archetypes, to make decisions as a sovereign, and to call on your warriors' resources, boundaries, and determination to give your children the priceless codes that you're carrying for them. That's all the codes I have for you today. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember to hit subscribe so you get the next episodes as soon as I drop them. And don't forget to check out the Divorce Dad Diaries wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I've also put a link for that in the show notes. I have courses available for undeletable dads who want to learn how to animate their power and activate their magnetism. I also offer some limited one-to-one activation programs. You can visit undeletabledad.com to learn more about that. Thanks for listening. Your kids thank you too.